Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Got a little time to stretch out and analyze the failures of the Russian military. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. I'm highly interested in that. Before we get to it, the failures of my cup hygiene. We got this text. Jack's behavior about his coffee mug is absolutely disgusting. Who has the time to wash? Look at the thing for years. Who has the time to wash a glass? This is way beyond bachelor style. Yeah, I mentioned there was a chunk of something that came up in my coffee today when I drank it, and it's because I don't wash my uh, coffee container enough, and uh, I put a lot of cream in my coffee so it congeals, you know, and uh, and I hadn't comes up the works. And a chunk broke off and went in my mouth, and that was so gross. Uh, you're making me sick. I know. It almost yeah. made me yak. Weird. If you're expecting liquid and you get a solid of any kind, it's it's amazing how much your uh, animal brain that is trying to protect you uh, rejects that. Ah, 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 warning, warning. You're drinking a liquid. Why is there something solid in there? Not good. Ah, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's true. So gross. I agree with you. I remember somebody. one time I looked at your, uh, or what were you going to say? I agree with whoever texted that I'm disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked at your uh, Elvis and Nixon shaking hands coffee mug oh, one yeah, day, and I yeah. gagged. Oh, I love that coffee mug. That was before I ever put cream in my coffee. That was just coffee stains. Yeah, nasty. Like my nasty. teeth and my fingers from the nicotine. I'm all kinds of stained and gross. Wow. <laughs> This is just great for our brand. Uh, so uh, John Kirby is the spokesman for the Pentagon. He is a retired rear admiral with the United States uh, Navy. I had a girlfriend in the Navy once. I asked her to call me the rear admiral. She got a restraining order. What? <laughs> I'm gross. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so John Kirby was doing a, a fairly detailed breakdown from the Pentagon uh, podium the other day about the Russian effort, and we didn't really get a chance to get to it. There's a fair amount of it. Uh, we didn't get to it on the radio show, but we thought we would do it for y'alls right now. Uh, Michael, let's just go ahead and, and listen to John Kirby describing uh, the Russian effort. Start with 52. There's been a bit of a back and forth down south. Uh, originally, the Russians were really making most of their progress down there uh, into Kherson and on Mikolaev, moving on Mariupol. But now they are stalled again in the south, and the Ukrainians are again taking back territory, particularly uh, around Kherson, that city which was in Russian hands. Now we view as being contested. The, the Ukrainians are actually trying to call it back. Meanwhile, in the uh, north, unless, Jack, you have a comment on the situation in the south. Yeah, uh, go ahead, 53. It's very difficult to know specifically what Mr. Putin's going to do on a day-to-day basis. All I can do is tell you what we're seeing happen. And what we're seeing is that they are taking defensive positions in the north. They don't appear to be willing or able to move on Kiev anymore. They're just kind of digging in around the city. And as I said, the Ukrainians are fighting back. I'm still going with this working theory. Taking nothing away from the bravery and skills of the Ukrainian military, but I think we are helping them in so many ways that is not being reported. And 
I think maybe that whole Zelensky continuing to argue for no-fly zone and all that sort of stuff and us saying, no, we cannot cross that line, is just to defer the fact that we're helping so much and have the conversation about, you know, the no-fly zone over here, while down here over here, we're helping like crazy in a way that you could easily construe as being at war with the Russians, but they, they don't, they, they want to keep that kind of muddled. You know, you could be right on that. I've been thinking all along that, well, we're sending so much lethal aid. There doesn't need to be secret stuff going Maybe. on. Um, but but you could be right, although either way, the constantly back and forth begging for the no-fly zone saying, no, we cannot do it for you. I mean, that does focus the attention elsewhere. Right. And- it's, it's, it's another form of peg- pegging the negotiation. You bellow over and over again, if we do that, then we are at war with Putin. And that is something which- we are not going to do under any circumstances. Which obviously implies, and with repetition, it becomes the truth. Well, anything short of that is not war with Putin. So, well, yeah, interesting. I certainly got to believe there are weapons that we don't know about that we're using. I mean, God dang, we've been building weapons and, you know, perfecting weapons over, over decades and haven't really needed them maybe the way we do now against tanks particularly. Right. Right. Um, yeah. uh, also, I just wonder what sort of logistical help we've been given the Ukrainians on the sly, the ability to pinpoint all these things or know where stuff's going. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder indeed. All right, we've hit the uh, the south and the north. Let's do the east, 54. What we are seeing is a prioritization, and heck, they, they actually publicly admitted this. But we saw it a few days ago. They were starting to prioritize the Donbass area, that eastern part of yeah. Ukraine, which they have been fighting now over for eight years. Now, it's hard to know whether that's going to be the end all. That's going to be the sum total of what he wants. Is he just carve out the east? Or is he using that as a negotiating tactic? Can he make progress in the east and then sit down at the table with some sort of leverage? We don't know. It, it's, not a, it's not really clear. What, we, what is clear? Uh, is that he really blundered in this whole in, in this whole war effort, and the in, initial efforts to go after Kiev clearly have failed. So Kirby describes for a while that uh, there aren't any signs of any use of chemical weapons, which is uh, good. But then he really gets into why and how the Russian military is floundering. Let's start with uh, fifty-six, Michael. First of all, we think they overestimated their own ability to maneuver uh, and to take and hold ground. They underestimated the Ukrainians' uh, ability and willingness to fight for their country. And fr- quite frankly, and you know this because you were you were over there, sir. They underestimated the uh, degree to which the Ukrainians have been adequately and 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 very very professionally trained over the last eight years mm. to use these systems in the field. That's getting lost a lot in the discussion. I would agree. I would agree. So they got the very highest level of training from us and NATO uh, to use these weapons that they were then given. Yeah, and I read with great interest, we talked about it on the radio show a couple of days ago, um, the relationships the Ukrainian militaries had with the National Guard in the U.S., particularly um, in uh, California. Ukraine happened to get matched up with California, um, and they've had these years-long training relationships where happened um, to might have been the whole plan all along. Let's match them up with the biggest National Guard in the entire country. Get them oh, trained yeah. up in case uh, Russia ever goes in. 
Yeah, I think the size and vulnerability of Ukraine, the fact that it was paired with uh, California is not a coincidence. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, but as the, uh, the commanders, the uh, officers have risen up through the ranks in the Ukrainian military, they've maintained these relationships with the California National Guard officers who are, who are staying in California and, and rising up in ranks, too. So there are a lot of really close relationships, as I understand it, which is really cool. Oh, hey, this uh, this speaks to the dead generals, at least in part. Uh, clip 57. They have had significant logistics and sustainment problems. Uh, they are still having fuel problems. They're having trouble feeding their troops. Uh, they are definitely, they did not plan for uh, a very uh, dynamic way of sustaining their efforts on the ground. And so what I understand is the Russian military, which is fairly top heavy anyway, uh, the commanders are having to go to the front lines to ask, what the hell is happening? Why are you people not fighting? Why have you made no progress? What do you mean you're out of gas? And then the Ukrainian snipers see somebody with uh, medals or epaulets or whatever, and patui, patui, and another Russian uh, general goes down. What do you mean I'm out of gas? No gasky for my tankski. <laughs> I need more gas in my tank, <laughs> General Sir. 58. Number 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 four, number five uh, here is they they aren't operating jointly. They don't they don't coordinate between air and ground and maritime the way we do in the United States military. And so we're picking up lots of tension between commanders because they're not talking to one another. They're not coordinating their operations. And bring us home with the final one, Michael. And then lastly, if I may, and this is a long list, but it's just the morale. It's a largely conscript force. They were not properly prepared and trained for this operation. And many of them were lied to, didn't even know that they were going to invade Ukraine. And so they're having real leadership and morale unit cohesion problems on the ground every single day. Yeah. Uh, it all adds up to a great big failure, like one historic failure by the Russian military. And I wonder what's this do to Putin's, what's his mentality going forward? If they do agree to some sort of, okay, we'll pull out, sanctions continue. So Putin is now a joke. His military is a joke. His country's economy is a joke. He's no longer the, ooh, the clever former KGB, always one step ahead of the world. No, he's a punk. Um, what's his mindset for the rest of his life? Boy, I'd love to see, uh, I don't what's the right metaphor, a heat map of his support in the Kremlin right now. What it looked like six months ago and what it looks like right now. It's always a little complicated and opaque in a dictatorship. But, man, that, that the heat map, there got to be a hell of a lot more blues and greens than there used to be, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, he could just... Uh, uh decide you know what i'm gonna live the rest of my life as a really really rich guy in a really nice house with nice clothes and nice food and my hottie girlfriend and be perfectly fine but i don't think that's probably the way he's built well no and and the logistics of that are not easy to pull off as a notorious dictator i mean where are you gonna go you're gonna stay at home you're a constant threat to the the power that takes over for you Mm -hmm. what foreign land will have you how many guys want to snuff you Lots. Lots. As we mentioned earlier, so they got the peace talks going on, and uh, the Ukrainian delegation has been told, don't eat any of their food or drink any of their drinks. Don't even drink their water. Wow, that's nice. That's a That really helps the whole trust you have between both sides when they sit down. You can't have a glass of water because they might poison you.
Yeah, nice good faith uh, negotiations. Oh, hey, final note on this topic. Uh, All the memes emerging from the Will Smith slapping of Chris Rock. One of our beloved listeners sent us a a picture. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock? Right in the face at the Oscars, yeah. What sort of setting would this even happen? Wow, dude. Everybody was in tuxedos at a big award ceremony, but he was allowed to sit down and the evening continued after smashing another man's face. Hmm. Anyway, uh, a lot of memes going around, uh, a lot of captions, funny captions on the picture. Uh, This one had no uh, caption. It was just uh, uh, photoshopped, if you will. Um, Will Smith's face was Vladimir Zelensky's face and Chris Rock's was Putin. There you go. Yeah, that was kind of satisfying. That I would like to see. Yeah. You know, Hollywood is so strange. Next year, Chris Rock... And Will Smith will ho- will host the Oscars together, and they will get a standing ovation. Or, yeah, exactly, as a show of love and coming together. And, yep. Uh, how above it all Hollywood is. I, Chris, I can see Will Smith doing that because I think he might just be a big phony, and we're all finding that out. Chris Rock, I don't see going along with that sort of thing. Unlikely, but I, I, it's not impossible, Michael. Not impossible. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> 